Uh, hello, my name is Chris Cusso, and uh, I am a writer at trustyhenchman.com, and the magma of my soul burns with a mighty flame. And I'm Nicole Lamb, and I'm unemployed, and I will tear your soul apart. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty menacing. Only if you promise. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> promise <laughs> promise so uh uh tearing souls is a good start there and uh so that's hellraiser by the way uh oh yeah that's classic good. yeah some some kiki bdsm horror hell shit. yeah um so that also is good as a connective point because uh i wanted to talk about a couple really great online comics that i found recently or creators and uh, the first of them is uh, her name is Janie Lee, and uh, she does a couple things. But she, the one thing I love the most is she does Camp Counselor Jason, and it's basically this short series of comics that have uh, what if what if Jason didn't die or did he die in the original movie as a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah in the original mm-hmm. because his mother was the killer yeah. or something like that. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what if he didn't die? And, and what, what if he was a good boy and he was a camp counselor? What if he was a good yes. boy and had a great ass? Oh yes, and he wears short Ooh, shorts. Them eighty short and, shorts. And he's amazing with children. He does the thing where he zips them up into a uh, uh, sleeping bag and he swings them around and he doesn't hit a tree with them. And uh, he has schmores with his mom, who is actively still trying to kill the counselors. Ooh, I like schmores. And, uh, it's like S-C-H-M-O-R-E. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I highly recommend her. Her Twitter is at Junk Mix Art. And then I also found another creator at Michael Over SB. And they do cute uh, slasher comedy. And so, like, the one I sent you, Nicole, is the one where Michael and Jason go to a movie theater and they watch a scary movie and uh, Jason, like, can't can't watch it. It's too much for him. Um, so it's just cute little things like that. Yeah. Um, there's a whole Twitter community of people doing cutie Michael and Jason and Freddie and everybody. I mean, I'm scrolling down their Twitter right now and they drew pictures of Michael kind of half naked wearing the mask, but with cat ears and doing like the pawing oh, movement. Yeah. So there's stuff like that. Um, but it got me to thinking, I haven't felt like there's been any new significant slasher franchises for a while. I mean, I'm not that deep into it, so I could could just be completely overlooking it. Um, but like the last thing I could really remember, somebody who got more than one movie was uh the Ghostface Killer. And The Ghostface Killer. <laughs> I I think <laughs> yes. Jeepers Creepers had like four or five and he was like a scarecrow Did... ghoul or something. I think he had a bunch. Oh, okay. I remember only two of them, and I did actually like those. But there's some like weird stuff with the original director that was like, mm. but they, but they didn't make it as big as like say Scream. I think Scream is such a like pop culture thing. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't care about making it big. I mean, by my standards, Leprechaun counts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Hey. and he he got quite a few of them. You know, and he yeah, made, I mean, he, he even went into the hood. He, well, he made it into space too. You oh, know. well, you know you've made it when you've made it into space. Yeah. No, no, seriously. Because he made it into space. Jason made it yep. into space. 
Did Freddy uh, ever? I don't see. think Freddy ever made it into space. Freddy, I don't think did, but but Pinhead did. Okay, I've never gone fully yeah. through Hellraiser. I think I've done one, two, and then that weird one, Bloodlines, which is like four or five or something. Yeah, that one's terrible. Yeah, I watched um, it late at night. It's the perfect time to watch that thing. Yeah, yeah, four yeah. in the morning. <laughs> What's I mean? This isn't like the Mile High Club. It's <laughs> it's the many the, the many Mile High Club. But uh, you know you've made it when you've made it in the space, yes. you know. Yes. Except unless if you're John Carpenter and you're the Ghost of Mars or whatever the hell that one was, that was not. And then good. there's ones that just start uh, in space, but they don't. They'll usually only get one movie, and they're not usually slasher films. They're just more like yeah, a sci-fi not, horror, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was thinking we could maybe have some fun and try to create our own slasher franchise. I mean, none of my ideas are good. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I mean, you shouldn't listen to this podcast for really good ideas. You should just listen to us for the fun rambles that happen. (laughs) I mean, mine were pretty lazy, though, because basically they started like, what if Friday the 13th, but with a bear? (laughs) And (laughs) Oh, there is a a film called Bear Country. I mean, it's actually about like gay gay men, but I I do kind of want to watch it. (laughs) I I meant like a big old grizzly. (laughs) <laughs> going through the woods True. and being very angry at the teenagers having sex. Is that kind of like the the bear comic that we love very much, but as a horror film? It could be. What's what's that be. comic called? Why am I not remembering? I can't remember now. Oh shit. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um I and I mean I basically just kind of kept on going different permutations of that idea. And I was like, what if Friday the thirteenth, but with a penguin? Uh, and just retitle it Murder Feet or something like that. Um, so everything is Friday the 13th, but with an animal. That's that's your idea? <laughs> that, like I said, that's just how I started. I'm hoping we could get past that hump. <laughs> we may not be able to. But I mean, <clears throat> so here's the My thing. My boyfriend we... is a bear. That's the comic. Sorry. I couldn't let it okay, go. That's it's very... a beautiful. The reason I wasn't thinking of that because it's not a horror it's story. It's a beautiful comic. Anyway. It's a beautiful romance. Yes, it is. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got, you know, crazed psycho killer men. That's like a huge trope, right? Sometimes they turn into dolls or sometimes they're puppets. Sure, sure. We have clowns. Clowns is a classic one. We've had... That's your basic bitch. That's your basic bitch. We have had an animal like, you know, Cujo, like the dog, and then... um, Yeah, so I'm okay with animals. You could tell that by me right away. We've had like cars or even uh, semis. (laughs) Right. Most right, of this right. is Stephen King. <laughs> Most of this is Stephen King. <laughs> he yeah. just like pulls a noun out of a hat and goes, "All right, I'll write a short story on it. Sounds great." It's like his writing. This practice. is gonna be. <laughs> this is gonna be instead of Simpsons did it, Stephen King did it. That's right. So, so here's my question: Do you would you prefer it to be just a, a plain old person with a gimmick, or would you like it to be a supernatural creature? Um, I mean, like Jason and Freddy are supernatural they creatures, are, but yeah, know, and and they have a gimmick. Sure. Or would you like it to be uh, uh, an inanimate object? You know, you you threw out pizza slice a, a pizza little earlier slice, on. Yes, a murderous pizza slice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I just was thinking about like what is the 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 common ones that we see, and I named those just now. Yeah. And then what would be something that would be interesting that would do a different switch on on that and i mentioned off mic that Karis hell 
is one that you showed me a while ago, which is a carousel horse that comes to life and kills people. And I'm down with that. <laughs> right. I still yep, want to watch that. that, even though it's probably going to be painful. Well, and there's that one that's like, what is it, tire or wheel? That's just the, yes. uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so the thing is like, people have already gone all the way off kilter on you know random inanimate objects but i want something that would carry enough weight that a studio would be like we got to do that again you know Mm. we need more of that we need to be able to sell the ip license to like mcfarland toys you know and get really nicely detailed figures that don't move Um, well then do you do something like um like alien or event horizon kind of thing because then you can have a crew and you can make people off of that or you can have an entity or you could have a ghost ship <laughs> ghost ship hmm. yeah i mean i love me some ghost ships i love me an event horizon but it might be a little too um, uh too been done before kind of thing we need something new yeah we need something a little fresh exactly yeah haunted house in space has been done you yeah know? yeah um has has anybody done a thing where like somebody's internal organs are evil Hmm. they they can leave the body and murder other people i like this Um, i mean it feels you know like the intestines come out and they strangle somebody that's i feel come on that's there's probably been intestines that have strangled someone but whether they were oh yeah but whether they had a consciousness or they were just yes, being manipulated by supernatural powers. Yes, the that the Peter Jackson zombie movie had a zombie had a uh, intestines that came to life. That's what it is. Dead alive, right? Dead alive. Yeah, and they they pooped as well. There's a part where they just straight up pooped. It's such a as they were film. outside of the body. I love that film. Oh, I love that film. Yeah, I kick ass for the Lord. I want to show I want to show my husband that film, but it gets it, it gets pretty gross. <laughs> I oh, don't yeah. know how much he wants to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, well... Uh, but here's the problem with that. It's hard to give a personality to an internal organ. And we need a personality, unless you're Michael. Okay, but Belial has a personality, and that's just a rubber yes. thing that they shook on camera. So I think it's possible. Yes. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Referring to Basket Case, for those who don't know Belial, and I will mention him all yes. the time, because he's <laughs> the best. Because you want to be besties with him. Yeah, I feel like I understand his pain. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm writing horror movie intestines. Does that come up with anything? Ten best cinematic uses of intestines. <laughs> oh, perfect. Hey. <laughs> body horror movies. Okay, so we're kind of going in the body horror thing mm-hmm, a bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh... So so here's 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 a couple ideas. It can either be a unhappy internal organ that's gained its own sentience and it has to still stay within the person and it kind of hates that relationship or or it can be an entity that can only possess people's internal organs and do things (laughs) do things and do things do things and then it just kind of has to spread around because once it kind of gets the stuff out there that host ain't gonna last long hmm interesting yeah and we have to figure out a name for them too right i was already starting to think about that i'm leaning towards splorpy but <laughs> i'm because uh, that's the noise it makes when it <laughs> <laughs> yes but i'm not dead set on it 
Yeah, I'm just seeing things like <laughs> Slither and Teeth and Ginger Snaps, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's like body horror yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, but those are all outside forces that usually cause stuff to go bad, you know? Well, Teeth is inside um, forces. Oh, when yes, bad, yes, When yes, bad yes. people do things, <laughs> they, they get a force um, chomped down on them. <laughs> and yes. the thing, uh, Alien, yeah. Um, I, I think, like, as far as a mov- movie logic is concerned, the entity uh, possessing intestines uh, makes sense, you know, because then it's like the host is spent and they have to move on. But I find right. that just somebody who lives with these evil intestines and somehow they survive and it doesn't make movie logic sense or it may, you know, it makes its own sense. Uh, I kind of like that more. The first victim or the first possessi or whatever uh, somehow survives and is hunting down the entity to exercise it from the world after that. Something like that. Because then you, then you have more longevity, right? You can tell more stories. And then you also have one iconic thing that you can merchandise. Yes, yes. Instead yes. of it being a different doll each time, it doesn't like stick with you as much. Right. So are you thinking it sticks to just the intestines or can it kind of be whatever part of the inside it wants? I like it just being the intestines and somehow surviving. Maybe it's like a Cronenberg, you know, videodrome where there's like a a slit on the stomach where the somehow they still survive Ah. and and the intestines can come out or something. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Feeling that Cronenberg. Mm hmm. (laughs) He just keeps coming up. Don't, wa- <laughs> don't want to feel that Cronenberg. No, but, uh, it's pretty gross, yeah. but it yeah. it has its place. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think of like a name. Did you come up with any kind of names or anything for this? I mean, besides Splorpy. Splorpy, no. Splorpy. Um, <laughs> or do you mean the name of the franchise? Um, yeah, I just yeah, like the name. I didn't think that far ahead because remember, I was stuck on the the step of like just throwing in random animals into existing roles. There, um, <laughs> a minor case of indigestion. <laughs> um, hmm. Hmm. It will pass. It will pass. Uh, <laughs> Splorpy's wacky adventures. <laughs> Trying to play off of something like entrails or viscera or intestine, but it's not quite What's working th- for me, you know. There's there's another word for uh, entrails. Oh, awful. Ah, awful. We can play with that. But nobody would understand that because that doesn't sound like... No one's going to watch this movie of ours, okay? <laughs> Look, we're in a marketing <laughs> meeting right now. Take this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. That's so awful. <laughs> Kill testins. Okay. I've just got to get it out, even if it doesn't work. You're in the, you're on the path there. Kill trails. Kill, ooh, kill trail. Mmm, getting closer there. Killoctomectomy. Killoctomectomy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> If you See, can't say it, it's not going to work. That's why you got to okay. get it out. Because if it sounds good in the head and it doesn't sound good when it comes out your mouth, then you know. You know, it's like, but you got to get it out. Gut feelings. Gut feelings. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I just went into a uh, page uh, that's intestine jokes. And now I'm just going to read you some bad jokes. Ooh, good. Uh, we tried that new fusion restaurant that only serves intestines and organ meat. It was awful. Uh, uh-huh. 
Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you call a detective without his intestines? No shit, Sherlock. This doesn't seem like a joke. Did you know if you lay out a grown man, a grown human's intestines end to end, and the answer is they'll die. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, okay. Uh, Yeah. What do you call it when your intestines start protesting? A bowel movement. Uh, uh, (laughs) These are bad. So, you know, one of the the issues I'm finding now that I think about it is, I mean, somebody with a possessed body part, it's been kind of done. There's the 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 manga parasite. Yeah. And that one, it's the guy's hand. Yeah. Okay. I just wasn't thinking of that yet. So maybe we need to get off of this awful course that we're on. Uh, Okay. Um, Well, I mean, what I. Yeah. I think I have um, my heart set on it being like some kind of indie film, but that doesn't make sense to what you're saying. You wanted a franchise like a Scream thing. So it needs to still be <clears throat> palatable it, to well, I mean, general audiences to where like Hollywood would want to make like four or five of these, even if, uh, you know, three of them go straight to video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, even if one of them's directed by Alan Smithy. That's right. Exactly. Looking at you, Hellraiser Bloodlines. That's right. That's um, right. Something so bad you want to put a fake name on it. Uh-huh. So it still has to have some sort of concept that that can be to general audiences. Well, you know what? So here's the trick. I don't want to necessarily make it uh, just a blockbuster. Yeah, I like the idea of an indie film. I just want it to hit a certain chord mm. that people are like, I want to see that guy again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to know what happens to Schlorpy. Schlorpy. Okay. So, I mean, Um, we've seen, you know, children, uh, children of the corn, you know, we've seen like scarecrow like thing. I think Jeepers Creepers was kind of scarecrow, right? It's a scarecrow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And we've had psycho killer guys. We've had dolls. We've had clowns. Have we had killer refrigerators? Oh, there had to have been. There had to have been. Yeah. Because I know there's a Black Lantern refrigerator in the DC universe, which I still want the toy of that. But um, I do like the idea of yeah. an evil refrigerator, though. Uh, refrigerator. Mm. How do you spell that? Um, evil. <laughs> evil. Evil is best served cold. Is a refrigerator good or evil? <laughs> is it morally good or bad? What? People okay. are spending time wondering if what the moral <laughs> line of refrigerators hey, we, are <laughs> we should judge because we're spending a lot of time on this subject <laughs> but at least we're making it into a horror movie it has the context of like okay i understand now <laughs> the moral ramifications of refrigeration the refrigerator is a 1991 supernatural comedy horror film oh okay they beat us to it. Yes, it's called The Refrigerator. No survivors, only leftovers. Okay, that's kind of good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. I wonder if it uh, ever made it onto Tubi. I don't even think it was uh, <laughs> put onto a DVD. So Probably, probably not. not. Of course, people's last name is Bateman. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why we haven't seen too many franchises. This is kind of difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about can't just slap on a mask, you know? How about an Ewok ripoff where they are just actual cannibals? 
Well, that was what I was kind of hoping was going to happen in the third Star Wars. <laughs> that basically once the Death Star, uh, because the Death Star, when it blew up, like all of it had to kind of crash on Endor. Mm. And that probably would have fucked up the ecology of Endor. So you would have had like a bunch of just savage little assholes mm. left on that planet. But uh, it's like the Walking Dead, but for Ewoks and no real zombies, yeah. just people pitting themselves against each other in the most horrible ways. But Ewoks, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but Ewoks, yeah. I think we kind of hit a dead end here. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Well, are there any like um? I mean, we we talked about you know Cthulhu and underwater creatures and stuff. I mean, no, that's been done a lot too. But is there something where we can have uh? Maybe a a mermaid siren thing where they go on, you know, on land or in the water or something like that. I I think there's been a couple of those. I mean, there's probably been a trillion of those, but Yeah. We're not going to come up with any new ideas, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not in the cards for us. Well, how about we, um, let's put a pin on this and come back to it. And right now we've got Shplorpy, and that's about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shplorpy, I think, is uh, is the best we got today. I did write down at some point uh, Dave the Narwhal. Dave the Narwhal? Because I was just like, okay, you got Michael, Freddie, Jason. Ah. Uh, you know, so it's like, let's just pick a name, Dave, and let's just have it be a narwhal. <laughs> Comes with its own weapon, you know? It's true. Yeah. It's kind of in that Karis Hell sort of uh, sort of vein. Yeah, it's already in that place. I was also thinking there's just a real lack of female killers out there. You know, a lot of times they're oh, yeah. kind of peripheral. You get your like your misery because I can't stop talking about Stephen King. But then you also have like American Mary. Um, when you had Jennifer and Jennifer's body. Gen- yeah, you have yeah Jennifer's yeah. body, uh, which is a succubus. Oh, that was what she was. Okay. It's been forever since I've seen it. I that. own it now. It is mine. Nice. It is glorious. Well, let's veer it towards that direction then. Let's get a let's get a lady up in here. Yeah, because you get you know your Jennifer Tilly and Chucky's uh, Chucky's bride or whatever, and that was that was fun. Although I never watched mm-hmm. it, but the trailers looked fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was about yeah. all I needed to see. <laughs> I'm down with Jennifer Tilly anytime. So yeah. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. So I'm going to throw this name out there again, Susan. <laughs> And <laughs> do we want them to be a masked killer or do we want to give them a supernatural uh, gimmick that's separate from succubus? I think the thing about having her be a masked killer is that she might be looked at as a man. It would be hard to distinguish. Mm. And so you would just think that you're looking at another Michael Myers or something like that. I mean, although Michael Myers right. is not a good example because that man is very tall and broad, but I'm saying like right. you could yes. lose a, f- a female identifying feature um, in that. Although it could be, mm-hmm. you know, a little twist. <laughs> a little twist. A little twist. Mm. Um, and then anything <laughs> after the franchise probably wouldn't be as impactful, but it could still become iconic, you know? I think I'd like to... St- Start with it being obviously a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she uh, probably shouldn't be a witch. <laughs> or well, uh, Let's rule out witch. Yeah. Um, what are the other things they tend to be? Skip a demon. 
Yeah, like no exorcisms or anything like that. Women tend to always be mm-hmm. possessed by the devil for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Ooh, 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 ooh. What if? What if she was a mermaid who gave up her voice to walk on land, <laughs> and the guy that she did it for totally cheated on her, so she cut off his legs and. She will continually hunt down men and cut off their legs. Oh, man. And murder them with said legs. Cut them off and then, like, beat them to death. Although they'll bleed out, but. But no, they'll kill them in more inventive ways, like shove the leg down their throat or Uh, something like that. Okay, yeah. And the name of the franchise is She's Got Legs. And she knows how to use them. And she knows what the... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Would we get in trouble for that, though? Because that's that's a copyrighted song. Uh, Let's just go with She's Got Legs. It cuts off. And that's it. (laughs) It's only inferred. I think that's probably okay. And she throws them in the water so she can be like, you can go back to sea even if I can't. So, or something. Mm. Well, she, she... No, no. She collects the legs. Because she's really kind of all about that now. That was the whole curse. And, um, but what she does is that she basically like shoves the top half of the guy on top of the bottom half of a fish and throws that into the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't good. need the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm down with this. I'm- is it going to be something where it's, um, kind of a drama or is it going to be like a typical kind of slasher i want it to be a bit slasher but let's do like a little drama uh the setup is going to be kind of interesting because like i don't think i want it to be a mystery like she seems normal and all the murders are happening around people this is all taking place in an aquarium by the way (laughs) um and (laughs) and um I, I, I don't think I want that. I think I want, like, you know, there's going to be the cast of, of victims. They're all working. They all have summer jobs at the aquarium because the aquarium is that lax. Uh, or SeaWorld. SeaWorld. SeaWorld works pretty well. That's a, that's a place of suffering. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, the murders kind of start to happen, but there's like some cranky old salty bastard fisherman who's just like, you don't know the legend. Of Leggy McGee and (laughs) 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 something like that. Something like that. There's always got to be that crusty old guy who's warning the 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 kids, you know, of the. (laughs) There was a uh, God. It's it's over ten years old now. I think it was. I think the movie was called Cthulhu, but it had nothing to. Didn't have Cthulhu in it. And um, it was it took place like in Seattle, but I think it was like shot in Portland. But there's a part where like the guy ends up talking to like uh, an old uh, fisherman and the old fisherman goes on this, you know, warning rant and he goes like, beware the salty bitches. And it's like, (laughs) that was the best part of the movie right there. I remember you telling me about that. (laughs) Ah, yeah, it was from 2007. It is called Cthulhu. Uh, it was, yeah, it was kind of like the shadow over Innsmouth, I guess. <laughs> oh, it had Tory spelling. That was its selling point. And I don't think, I don't know if that's really a selling <laughs> point, but, um. Does the woman still like to sing? 
Well, they lost their voice. <laughs> they lost their voice. Oh, that's right for the legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. So here's the trick, though. People know that she's on the way to kill them because she'll pipe in music over the audio systems and it will be of singing. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the choice is, will it be that kind of singing or will she just randomly pipe in some Lady Gaga or something (laughs) like that? You know, and uh, because her whole plan was when she made it to land, she'd have a profitable career in the recording industry. Um and that ain't happening now, you know? Where is this going to be and happening? Is it like off the, uh, like near LA or something like that? <laughs> Where she just LA. sees like music execs playing, uh, playing recordings yes. and she's like, oh, that they do these strange things where they sing into these boxes and they seem to have mm-hmm. these wonderful lifestyles. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I, I figure at this point in time, there's been enough of James Cameron's submarines going to the ocean that a bunch of mermaids got a hold of some, you know, iPods. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, they, they have there's some podcasts they listen to. They, they, they know that they can they have a chance <laughs> if they can only get their voices above water. So is this like a guy who's a music exec and he keeps hearing this singing off in the water and he's like, dang, that's a beautiful voice. I wonder who that person is. And then this girl shows up on the on the shore and then he like falls for her and then he goes and cheats on her and then she kills him because she thinks he's going to give her a music contract. (laughs) Yes, mostly that. That's that's a great uh, um, structure. But let's play with it a bit. How about uh, it could go one of two ways. Either the witch that gave her the legs took away her voice or she she gets above water and it turns out that her voice can't carry the same way in the air as it could through the water. So the exec is just like dumps her, just immediately dumps Ah. her after making all these promises. Mm -hmm. And so that's what turns it. And the witch is totally on her side about it. She's like, oh, honey, we got to kill these guys now. There's a real honor system with the mermaids and the, you know, and the sea creatures. So they're they're like, you you crossed our honor. Now we cross you with, I don't know, swords. Do they have katanas for no reason? (laughs) (laughs) They could. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. It's just what I thought of immediately. (laughs) Hey. It's Cantanas, or she just gets a swordfish to come over whenever she there needs it. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really kind of down with the whole mermaid ripping off men's legs things. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it feels almost random, but it's just gory enough and fits some of the theme that uh, you know. And and parodies a beloved movie from childhood. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> This is definitely going to be an indie film. <laughs> yes, that's fine. That's okay. And it's also technically an underwater horror film, which is also my jam. Yes, you know. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so as as the mermaid is hunting down uh, all the people in the aquarium, who are somehow related to the exec that cheated on her or not cheated on her, I don't know. Don't grill me too much on the details. <laughs> you get a whole bunch of unique kills because all the animals in the aquarium will do her bidding Mm. so there's like somebody gets torn apart by an octopus Mm -hmm. uh somebody gets consumed by starfish very slowly um (laughs) 
you know uh and also there will be a subplot we this will be kind of a uh, Chekhov's gun and at the beginning of the film in the aquarium they'll be noticing that a bunch of like the uh fish are missing um that keep disappearing from the tanks and one of them's like oh shit i think we got a bobbit you know one of the bobbits here and those are like those utterly terrifying worms that have jaws that can slice i don't know metal in half and yeah yeah and so the thing is at some point the bobbit will come out and totally help her cut off their legs yeah. Did they call them bobbits after a very well-known oh, yes. Jesus Christ? <laughs> Bobbit worm. Oh my god, that's terrible. Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's called a Eunus Aphroditois. Something. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. The Bobbit worm, ladies and gentlemen. Bobbit worm. Ambush predators. Yeah, she don't need a sword if she's got a bobbit worm. Oof. The mandibles can be retracted inside the body and are responsible for striking and stunning prey. They're capable of mm-hmm. snapping some in half. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Say goodbye to them leggies. See, and you just, you get really interesting creative kills potentially depending on what sea creature you decide to use. Exactly. And, and it's a whole aquarium full yeah. of them. I feel like she should do the first kill and then like the sea creatures are like, yo, this is fucked up. Can we help you out? Let's just kill men because like we fucking hate being in this aquarium. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think we got something going on there. (laughs) Yeah. Is it going to become like a like a legacy movie or is she just going to keep going through? Like, is it going to be like then she has a daughter and then then it's just like all out war against the humans and. They just like mm. get worse and worse, or is it? It could, yeah. I'm I'm okay with legacy, you know. Um, or is it like uh like I know what you did last summer, where it's kind of an anniversary, so like the next one is like a year later. This mysterious killings happen again, and she comes back on the shore just to like kill everybody. The sequel could be called Getting a Leg Up. Um, <laughs> you just love yeah. your puns, and they just come so quick and fast. <laughs> Yes, yes. That's what she said about Hey-o. the exact... Hey! Oh. Um, that was another problem. I mean, part of... <laughs> yes, that was another problem. <laughs> I I'm I kind of do still want her to be kind of like the slasher mm-hmm. that keeps going. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what her, her mask could be? I mean, like, she'll, she'll have... She'll be without the mask for a while. She could be, like, one of the people that works at the aquarium because she had to find a job because she couldn't make it in the music industry without the voice. And, um, but she's kind of, like, faded in the back and they all make fun of her and they don't treat her well. The thing is, like, they hired her because she's really good with the animals. Mm. When she commits the murders, she'll just buy, like, a... uh like, uh, you know how, like, bank robbers have, like, a, here's a Hulk mask, here's a Spider-Man mask. She'll have an Ursula the Sea Witch mask. <laughs> you know? Something like that. Some some sort of uh, anthropomorphic um, octopus-type creature. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. like the idea of bringing in squid, because you remember that story of uh, the divers? I think they were off the coast of California, and there was a ton of squid coming coming in around them. And they would start pulling at their uh, breathing apparatuses and almost killing the divers. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like you could get like, I mean, squid are, they're uh, fierce. They're not to be trifled with. They're smart. Uh, yeah. They know how to See, kill that's, you. <laughs> that's, 
that's the fun thing about getting in as many different uh, unique kills mm. and the aquarium is just full of them yes. because like we could also have a whole thing where like they have a uh, a special shipment of exotic fishes and one of them is the dreaded candihu mm. you know mm. and uh, somebody's <laughs> somebody's going to get it bad Ooh. and uh, who's going to be yeah. pissing in the water <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's like the exec the can, is it the candida worm? Is that what it is? Uh, it's candiru. It's a, it's known as the vampire fish. <laughs> <laughs> Would the candiru fish really eat your genitals? BBC.com. Great job, BBC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, see, and the candiru is the one that almost killed uh, Eric Stoltz in Anaconda. Because right. it went into his throat instead, I think. I really appreciate how we have brought up Anaconda multiple times. I saw that in the theater <laughs> with my mom and her boyfriend at the time. Mm. That's a special moment right there. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw that in the theater. Why? Why got did we do that? J-Lo. Yes, it's got J-Lo in it. Ice Cube. Oh. Yeah. Penis fish. Is there really a fish that can slam up your penis? Healthline.com. <laughs> I think that's just the most entertaining is reading what titles these people have come up with for this. Yes. So I think we I think we have finalized what we are doing. We almost mm-hmm. gave up on it. We almost put a pin in it. And then, and then it took a turn for the better. <laughs> so and are you kind of down with She's Got Legs? <laughs> she's I'm down Got with Legs. That but what's her name? Because, I mean, you know, you have to have, like, the Freddy, the Jason, the da 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 I mean, we can't just name her Ariel. Uh, <laughs> and I keep and I, I, I keep using Susan too much. Um, it can't be Susan. <laughs> it can't be. It can't be Susan. It can't be. Ariel means Lion of God in Hebrew. So what is the seal of God? <laughs> what is the... Um, <laughs> Shamu of God. <laughs> the Shamu of the God. killer whale of God. Internet, go. No, that's not giving me anything, unfortunately. Well, there, there, uh, there's a lot of... Um, she could just be like a selkie. Yeah. Because there's, there's different sirens and spirits. In Australia, they have the Yak Yak. Ooh, Yak Yak. Ooh. Uh, you could just call them an Aquariist. Uh, and Aquarius is an individual that cares for the marine life in aquariums by maintaining their living environment and having hands-on interactions. And she could have an Instagram, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> they, they, they... They find her out because there's like a severed head in the back of her, like uh, her Instagram feed. It's just like her and the sharks and then like a floating head of a guy like. <laughs> She's yep. like, oh, man, he's not in focus. I got to retake that. <laughs> That's the trick. So she takes the legs for herself, but she uses the rest of the body parts to feed the animals. There you go. And all the animals become very uh, acclimated to the taste of human flesh. (laughs) They prefer it over fish. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's really good chum, is what I'm saying. Very much, very much. Okay, well, it sounds like we got a a thing there. 
So, um, because we were focused so much on the water there for the last chunk, I will do a review of a story about a fireman. And this will be the introduction to the opposites where I talk about smut. Yes. So, <laughs> I read a manga, uh, volume one, uh, Fire in His Fingertips. A flirty fireman ravishes me with his smoldering gaze. And uh, the thing is, my the way I order manga oftentimes is based on titles. And if it has such a weird title that I just need to figure out what the deal is, I'll give it a shot. And I pretty much knew this was going to be some level of um, at least like bad romance, but I figured it was going to be mature. I think it said mature, but it still wasn't quite talking about how mature it was. Well, it showed up shrink wrapped and I was still like, yeah, it's probably not that much. And like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten pages in, it's... Actually, I really love the artwork. It's by uh, Kawano Tanishi. It's cute storytelling, good characterization, sharp artwork. It's their very first publication. And it's just nice. like, whoa, holy crap. You're really kind of amazing. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, like I said, after 10 or 12 pages in, uh, the sex starts to happen. <laughs> and The sex. It quite the sex and it happens quite a bit uh there's at least five fairly kind of graphic scenes in nice. here but basically the setup is that the main character uh rio and her friend suma they've been friends like childhood friends and he's a fireman he's a sexy sexy <laughs> fireman in a universe where all firemen are sexy Damn. he's a bit of a uh not not quite a womanizer, but like he definitely has a lot of relationships. Bit of a playboy, yeah. Kind of a playboy, mm -hmm. yeah. She she kind of wants to avoid doing anything with him to that degree because she's you know they're they're friends. Well, one day she there's a fire in her apartment complex, and uh, she, he's the one that saves her, and then he offers her like you can you can stay at my home, you know, and so she takes him up on it, and uh, <laughs> she yes, well, and so like she she immediately sets up like a safe zone, like she kind of put takes like all the different uh, like boxes of Kleenex and everything else, and just creates like a circle around her, and she's. Like, this is where I am and you stay away because I know your way with women. Aww. And he's like, uh, whatever. And then he like immediately kind of seduces her outside of the circle and they kind of start to kind of sex each other up a little <laughs> bit. But now here's the thing. It's a little cagey at first as far as consent goes. And that's where I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of approaching it from that like forbidden love kind of uh, American romance trash novel mm -hmm. kind mm -hmm. of context. Mm -hmm. And so as it progresses pretty quickly, she's like, I do want this, but I don't want to tell him this because I don't want him to think this is what I really want, but we're still doing it. And he's, he's, he legitimately does love her you could tell that but he can only express it through seducing her and being horny so some people express just kind their of... love only through sex you know that's how they yeah. that's how they make a connection literally mm. <laughs> and uh so basically what you get is like uh awkward situation 
uh, them kind of like kind of getting mad at each other, a bit of sexy stuff. And then like she like being like, no, that we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to deal anything with it. Get away from me. And then like a uh, weird situation, like her job has a uh, fire drill and he's the guy that shows up and like uh, her one of her coworkers accidentally douses her with the fire height, not the fire extinguisher. And so he like takes her to the bathroom and gives her like a shirt, but then he totally sexes her up in the bathroom, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. Um, But like towards the end, it gets like really, really sweet and they start making more of a connection. Uh, I mean, they already had a connection, but it's developing it. And, uh, so I, it's really well done. I'm going to have to try and get the second volume. It sounds delightful. Um, I think I would love yeah. that. And, uh, I, I don't know why I was so surprised, but I, I was doing some research and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, this, I noticed like on Goodreads that there's like a whole giant list of fireman romance novels. Oh, American. are you kidding me? Yes, of course. I, I, I don't, I didn't think about it. And so I just have this like fond wish now that, uh, middle age and older American women will discover this manga and there will be a whole new manga explosion all on fireman romance. That would be great. Like a, like a, yes. like a BL metamorphosis style, like where instead of yes. the BL metamorphosis is that an older, an elderly woman finds the uh, boys love manga and gets a real love for it and starts a friendship with a younger person through, through it. Instead, this is thirsty ass middle-aged housewives have a manga yep. explosion over <laughs> fireman uh romance manga and i wanted to dwarf like you know my hero academia and naruto <laughs> like 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 uh the all the manga studios are uh you know like this is a ghost ship which i think is part of seven seas mm. and they're just like we can't print enough of this what happened you know we're out selling, uh, you know, Rama one half, and oh, oh that's dated. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> whatever I don't is know. the top. Oh, uh, Attack on Titan. We're out selling Attack on Titan. You know what's the demographic? Thirty to sixty year old white <laughs> women in the suburbs. <laughs> what the what? Yeah, <laughs> American women. Oh wait, maybe this does make sense. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was enjoyable fun and surprising nice nice but great title uh yeah fire in his fingertips a flirty fireman ravishes me with his smoldering gaze just an amazing title just nailed it nailed it (laughs) just like the character did (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) yeah uh yeah well i actually don't think i've read anything i started reading blood on the tracks volume three and it's just fucked up uh, so I don't know that I'll, I think I've already talked, have I talked about that? Um, I don't think so. Uh, okay, I guess I'll talk about that. Blood on the Tracks is by Shuzo Oshimi, and um, he's done a lot of stuff like uh, Happiness and Inside Mari, Flowers of Evil is the first one I read. And the thing that I always like about Shuzo's stuff is that it's um, really fucked up, and it's very... Um, just it's kind of psychologically titillating in a weird way because he tends to do things that are a little bit like taboo flowers of evil had had definitely some consent issues and just some weird things of like being bored in the suburbs and going to extreme measures to try to entertain yourself and you know just toxic weird things 
Inside Mari is a body switch thing, but it's it's almost got like a some people have said like it's got kind of a trans story in it, you know, of um a, a guy who switches bodies with a girl that he sees at like a convenience store and ha- like pines after. And anyway, that's a whole other thing. So he just does these interesting things. And so in uh, Blood on the Tracks is, <laughs> I don't know if it's the hardest one I've read so far, but it's a, it's a mother who is uh, overly coddling her son, who's, uh, I think, a middle schooler. And it's from his perspective. Um, she's always very middle of the road. You know, anytime something that would normally upset somebody, she just smiles politely and is like, everything is fine. And, you know, there's always um, a lot of routine to what she does. You know, do you want a pork bun this morning or a red bean bun? And that's like, it's a pretty constant that that happens like every morning. And there's something unsettling from like even volume one where you're like, is this a weird ancestral thing? Because she seems so obsessed with her son and she always wants to like hug him and give him a kiss on the cheek or something like that. And he's kind of like, whoa, get, why are you ugh, get away from me kind of thing. And you're like, what, what is this? And even the uh, I get Otaku USA, uh, I get a physical magazine. I don't know who does that in 2020, but even reading <laughs> the review that they did, they were like, I was I was pleasantly surprised this didn't go like full and ancestral like like so many mangas tend to do. But the thing is, is that I think it does eventually <laughs> get to a point where the mom it's like by volume two. She she gets really jealous that a girl that he has a crush on, like writes him a letter that is like, I like you and, it, you know, maybe we can be together or something like that. She finds it and she tells him he needs to tear it up in front of her. And then, like, hugs him on the bed. And it's just, like, it's weird. But the whole thing is framed around he has a cousin who he always wants to hang out with, like, every weekend or something. Um, and so, that, like, her sister will come by with her son and they'll and they'll hang out and play video games and whatever. Um, they go on a little trip with the whole family, like, uh, grandparents and all. And they go hiking. The, the mother just doesn't like the cousin either because... It takes away attention from her getting from her son or whatever it is. And she pushes him off of a cliff and he falls into a coma. She says he slipped. He was, you know, he was being, you know, silly and rambunctious and he and he slipped and everyone believes her. And then she just tries to find ways to, like, get closer to her son. So it's it's really it's really screwed up. It's disturbing. And um I, of course, am reading it and I'm going to keep following it. But it's just it's interesting what Shuzo does uh, with these stories because he just takes uncomfortable things or he does different different spins on things like the Freaky Friday Inside Mari was one where I was like, I don't really want to read a body switch story. But he's been able to make one compelling because it seems like there's something about Mari. There's something about Mari. <laughs> hmm. There's something about her that, like, maybe she made this happen where she would, didn't want to be her anymore. She's a popular girl. Um, she seems to be good and studious. Like, everything seems to be going well in her life. So why would she want to run away from all of that? And so that that's the more interesting, compelling thing. And then you have this guy who's, like, a loner loser who, like, watches porn way too much and, like, never leaves his apartment who's, like, lusting after this high school girl. And he gets put in her body and then like a friend of his or of hers uh, realizes that that she's not acting like her. And so she's like, you better not like, look, you better not look at Mari's body and you better be respectful and stuff. And it almost seems like this girl 
isn't is more like um she's had a crush on her too so it's just like weird elements in there and i i do like shuzo stuff but it, it can be uh pretty hard hard hitting <laughs> hmm. Since we spent so much time creating uh, our horror uh, slasher stuff today, we'll have to focus on like movies and shows we watched next time. We'll have to actually watch um, movies and shows to talk about next time. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of playing Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, you should talk about the quote unquote Sorry. unplayable game that I've pumped at least 40 hours into and between me and William over 100 hours. So, yeah, very unplayable. Yeah. So unplayable. <laughs> I think you've got some things to talk about. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that also opens up a wider talk about uh, the gaming industry. You know how we've talked about the toy industry and a lot of stuff that we don't know behind the scenes that may be making these decisions that are making it hard for consumers to actually get the product. I think there's a discussion right. about the gaming industry and game development and what you know people need to expect as consumers, but also the management, business side, investor side that we don't know, that we're not privy to, that that sways a lot of things that make things like cyberpunk 2077 coming out and being buggy happen, you know, right. cause it's not up to companies to just be like, yes, we would like to give you a broken game. Now give us $60. Like that's just not how <laughs> that goes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So lots to discuss in a future episode, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well then, uh, let me put in a quick plug here. Um, you could find me at trustyhenchman.com. I write reviews, articles, blah, 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 blah. Try to, I try to show upcoming releases that are, you know, worth your time and money. And, uh, you can also support me on my Patreon and, uh, $3 a month gets you a weekly email newsletter, a chunky newsletter and early access to other stuff and so on, so on. The newsletter alone is so interesting because um, I found out that Richard Corbin died because of your newsletter. I didn't know that he had oh, passed yeah. away. Um, yeah. I also found interesting articles about comics that I wouldn't have probably come across, you know, even looking at the previews every month. So you comb the Internet and find interesting things. And yes. I try to filter through yes. things because there's there's a few different news sites, all with their different tones and focuses. And it's like, it's, a, it's so difficult to kind of get kind of a nice middle of the line feeling for what's going out there. Because, you know, on one side, you either get something incredibly obscure from like, you know, Comics Journal or something like that. And on the other side, you've got companies that, uh, excuse my French, just want to suck Marvel's dick. And, uh, or DC. you know, or DC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a thing where you go to some sites and they're just like, what are the 10 most awesome kills that Carnage did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> can we, Why can the we Punisher is the that? best hero of all time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, that's not news yeah. or an interesting think piece. That's just a lazy listicle. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, I like to kind of look through and find the gold as much as I can and share it. So. So I think that does it for this episode yeah. and time for awkward goodbye. Do I slap you with a fish? Is that how that we end this or? Oh, sure. Okay. I, I'll try to make the <laughs> fish noise. No, that's not. Oh, fish no, noise. that's that's a Splorkies. Oh, the Splorkies. Wait, what's his name? That's Splorkies. <laughs> uh, Splurchy. Splorky? Splark. Splark. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, that's our goodbye. Thanks for listening to episode 16. We never said that. If we should write this down. Have a great day. <laughs> Plop. Plop.